A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hey, hey. Hop, hop. Was that the best celebrity wrestling match we've ever seen? Asterix at WrestleMania. I think there's there's other better ones, but certainly at WrestleMania, I think it's kind of without question that it is. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. We did our WrestleMania 37 night one reactions last night. We're going to be doing it all over again this evening with night two and all over again the night after with Raw After Mania, which is almost as long as WrestleMania nights itself. But to kick off, whoa, let's whoa, talk whoa. about before before we kick off. Can we can we address the the elephant in the room, or or should I say the hat on the head? It's cold, man. It is cold it's... up in North London. I I I mean, I am not <laughs> having a stream here that we're starting with, but he's got a new hat. I it is not cold. You know what the rules were. You know what the stipulation was. We've all, it's time to take that hat off. You you have to take that hat off as per the contract that we signed. So you take that hat off, Mr. Davis. Show the SWAP Nation what they accomplished on last night's WrestleMania reaction stream. There it is, everyone. There it is. Take it off. Take it off. There it is. Well done, Swaff Nation. We raised over £13,000 for Calm yesterday, a mental health organization. An astounding, astounding figure. Thank you all so much for all of your generous donations throughout the night of WrestleMania. You led to Mr. Davis shaving that stripped down the middle of his hair, making him look like Dr. Wiley from Mega Man, Heihachi from Tekken, Doc Brown from Back to the Future, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, you name it, he looks like it. Thank you all so, so much. We could not have done it without you. Maybe I underestimated the Swaff Nation. 
I thought £10,000 by the end of night two, no way they're ever going to get close. Well, I'll take the L on that one. You did. And this is what you created. But you ain't going to get these. <gasps> these the brown expressive eyebrows. <coughs> these meaty slugs on my face. The givers of expression. The window panes to the windows of my dark, evil soul. You're not going to get to 20,000. You can't get to 20,000, Swaff Nation, by the end of tonight. These eyebrows are staying on tact, justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash wrestle jamia. You won't donate over there. There's a link in the video description below, along with a link to beer52. Go to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk to get your free case of eight free craft beers, UK viewers only. You helped me through a dark period last night. We'll be tucking into these on the live reactions later. Go and order yours because it's free beer. That's what we give free you guys. Beer. Free Amazing. beer. Link in the video description and it's the pinned comment. Click. Give it a little click. So let's talk about this bad bunny match. What happened? They took on uh, him and Damian Priest took on The Miz and John Morrison. After a lengthy 10 minutes, which saw a load of people dressed as bunnies come down to the ring, which was just a prelude to a video package, which was a prelude to like the full music video of Miz and Morrison's Hop Hop Hey Hey Whatever the Hell. And then Miz and Morrison come out. Then Damien Priest gets a teeny tiny entrance. He comes out. And then Bad Bunny, look, look at me. I've caught a truck. I'm going to ride a truck into the WrestleMania stadium. And he debuts like that. And crazily, he worked the bulk of a 15-minute tag match. This is not how celebrity matches go. They stand on the safety of the apron. The trained wrestler does all the 10 minutes of work. They get worked over. They get the heat. They make the hot tag to the celebrity who just has to chuck a few clotheslines, hit a splash for the win. Admirably, not for Bad Bunny, who really, really, really did everything. Selling, mm -hmm. worked over for 10 minutes. And a freaking Canadian destroyer on the outside to John Morrison. Got John Morrison out for a falcon arrow as well. Yeah, this was uh, so much better than it had any right to be. Like, I I think we sort of figured it would be fun because it's a celebrity match and they can often be very fun. We've seen some very fun celebrity matches in the past. So, uh, But, like, the build has been a bit... It, it kind of was okay for a bit and then got stopped because they had Miz be WWE champion and they sort of stopped the feud for a little bit and then just reignited the feud and pretended Miz as WWE champion never actually happens. And so, like, it's it's been a bit sort of messy. And then it was a singles match because Miz and uh, Morrison and Priest weren't cleared to wrestle. Then they were, so they made it a tag match. But like a lot of this WrestleMania card, the build may not have been good, but the match itself was so so good and this was I, I was blown away by how much i enjoyed this match taking away the extended long heat segments <laughs> but like just focusing on like bad bunnies in ring you know his facials <clears throat> his facial reactions were really good his selling was really good his fire was really good he cared man and he put the effort in and it really really showed 
Yeah, I, I think we can all agree that Bad Bunny was a revelation. The reports are he's been working with so Adam Pierce and Drew Adam Gulak Pierce. down yeah. at the Performance Center for the last several months. You know, that's something music stars and just general celebrities can't do because they've got other things, right? But Bad Bunny can't really tour right now. So really cool that he got to do that. I, you know, like I kind of think, I think we all do. If I was, you know, if I was going to be a wrestler, if I was a celebrity and I got got to do my celebrity wrestling spot, that's that's what we would do. We would we would want to be worked over. We'd want to make the Miz look good, right? Would would be the yeah. workhorse of the celebrity division. Um, but for for the actual match itself, I, I do think that this is the best celebrity wrestling appearance at WrestleMania. I don't think it's the best celebrity wrestling appearance in general. I think that would either go to Pat McAfee in NXT last year or Shaq or Stephen Amell in AEW over recent years. Um, the match itself, yeah, I thought was massively overdone for the intros. Uh, that really, really lost me, especially with the, especially when not a single person dressed up in a bunny outfit was a trap. Yeah, Why one? I mean, we thought we thought that like oh that one's a bit tall. That's got to be Damien Priest. That one's really struggling to keep his hat on. That's probably Bad Bunny, and like because otherwise it's just a really indulgent Miz and Morrison entrance. And did we really need an indulgent Miz and Morrison entrance in all of this? Considering that Damien Priest just got his regular entrance, and the star of the match, Bad Bunny, was getting the big elaborate entrance. So I don't think like Miz and Morrison needed one as well. Like this went on probably longer than the heat segment of the actual match and the heat segment of the match went on a bit too long it's probably tied so this was the third longest match out of the seven on the card you know a celebrity match doesn't need to go that long uh 15 minutes overall 10 minutes of that was bunny getting worked over and he did that very well but i thought you know that need that that could just be three or four or five minutes um cut five minutes off like a third off of this match plus I think we're all quite optimistic when this started. Oh, I don't really know who Bad Bunny is, but hey, they're behind Damian Priest. This is good for him. I've heard the reports. People are high on him. Backstage. Uh, and I, I feel like he's just sort of an afterthought to all of this. Yeah, even though he was the one that got the hot tag, like all of the spots went to Bad Bunny. Like Miz and Morrison's biggest sell jobs were for Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny was the one that got the big truck entrance. Bad Bunny was the one that got the win. He was the one that's like all of the memorable spots in this match came from the celebrity and not mm. from the wrestler itself. I hope that like Priest does get something off the back of this. Th this match did not feel like the, oh, we have created a new mid-card star, right? Like it didn't feel like we have really elevated someone in this. But, you know, that's not to take away from anything that he did in the match. It's just that what he did was not particularly memorable. Like even the Falcon Arrow spot, it's sort of overshadowed because Bad Bunny did it at the same time. And like no one's talking about, oh, I don't know, him hitting... Did he even hit his finish? Did he even hit hit the lights? Like I think because everyone's talking about Bad Bunny doing the Canadian destroyer, the Puerto Rican destroyer yeah. on the outside. So yeah, it wasn't a massively uh, a massive success in that. The other thing I wanted to say about this match before we get into the hyper chats, I want to put over the Miz in, in all of this because mm. we rag on the Miz a lot. You know, quite rightly so. He's not he's not a WWE champion. He didn't deserve it. He, he he's not a serious WWE champion that a lot of people thought that he would be. But you know what he's amazing at? Selling for celebrities and yeah. making someone look brilliant. Like his him and Morrison sold their 
asses off to make Bad Bunny look great. And it totally worked. And it actually made the Bad Bunny offense look so much more credible. So yeah, like, like absolute praise going to the Miz there. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com quality sleep is essential for boosting energy recovery and well-being so take your sleep to the next level with sleep number With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Get all of your hyper chats into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Greg Murphy 
says, was dreading the Bad Bunny match, but ended up having a great time watching it. It was refreshing to see him start the match. As for best celebrity competitor ever, I still think Pat McAfee. I'd agree with you there. Damien Priest felt like an afterthought, though, in my opinion. Hope he goes solo. It's Raw After Mania tomorrow. I'm sure we'll get a sense of his direction from that. Uh, Greg Murphy again. Mania was a really fun show. Loved Rollins and Cesaro. Loved the Bobby win. But I can't believe all the praise for Banks Belair this morning on Twitter. It was a decent match, I guess. Certainly not five stars. Feel like uh, been in PNR with little Sebastian. I just don't get it. Feel like Ben in PNR with little Sebastian. So that Ben in Parks and Recreation with little Sebastian. So like little sure. Sebastian is the beloved horse. Is, like is the ben, horse? Ben doesn't, yeah. But Ben doesn't get it. <laughs> like everyone's like, "Oh my god, little Sebastian's the best thing ever." And Ben's like, "It's just a small horse." <laughs> Uh, Matthew Mikowski, fully expecting okay bad bunny will get a few punches, maybe a few kicks, maybe a splash even. He's a celebrity. He's getting to hit a splash off the top rope. Uh, but no, he hits a goddamn destroyer. Damn, what a match. And overall, a great show. Love Sasha and Bianca. Disappointed in 0-6, but super happy for Bianca deserved. Uh, what's 0-6? Yeah. So that's Sasha uh, Banks' WrestleMania Sasha's... record. Oh, the streak <laughs> continues. Uh, Cyclone, WrestleMania Night 1 started off sketchy, but I think we all quickly settled into a genuinely great night of wrestling. As much as the stories were haphazard and rushed, the matches were absolutely stellar and fun. Hashtag respect the mods. Hashtag egghead Ollie. Hashtag buy eyebrows. Well, it's not going to happen. Sweet, too sweet to those mods as well. What amazing moderators we have. What an amazing moderator team we had last night who had to, like, you know, file all of those donations that we were getting including all of the big donations <laughs> that we were getting throughout the night what an incredible job they all did uh, and finally for now homer star fan 13 i feel like i need to apologize to bad bunny before the show i had no interest in seeing bad bunny but last night he had one of the best matches of the show and i kind of want to see um yeah yeah like i said i i, I don't think the match was you know, I thought in middle of the road for me. Or is my internet a bit weird? It's a little bit. It's, it's crapping out a bit. Yeah, I'll leave and I'll hot tag He's, to you. He'll he'll hot tag out. Um, yeah, I I I don't think we're going to see much more of Mr. Bunny. I don't think in in WWE depends on like what his touring schedule is because like he clearly enjoys doing it. But um, yeah, it's slightly better now. But it's, it depends on what you know what his. As Nick Khan, um, WWE's Nick Khan, no relation to Tony, um, has been doing a lot of interviews saying that, like, you know, that's why they wanted to get Bad Bunny for this. They were after Cardi B for WrestleMania as well, because music stars aren't touring at the moment. So they've got time to do shows like WrestleMania. So if once tour start up again, you'll probably struggle to get Bad Bunny back into the ring. But I don't think this is the last we'll see of Bad Bunny in a WWE ring. Yeah, my, my reception's still bad, hey? Yeah, it's still, it's still quite bad, I'm afraid, mate. Huh. Let me leave and come back again. That usually fixes. Oh man, is he got it's all the porn he's got open? Uh, what we'll do is we'll dive into the main show itself. So we had the pre-show. Not a lot really happened on the pre-show. People cut promos. And the reason why we didn't get a lot on the pre-show is because they were waiting for everyone to, like, I think you might be a little bit better now. Try again. Oh, God damn it. Still at one. I don't usually stream in the afternoons. <laughs> 
take us through the weather delay. Okay, yeah. So what we were waiting for was like the actual show to start because what they wanted was for all of the wrestlers to be on stage together and for Mr. McMahon to be out there, Vince McMahon to be out on the stage and welcome everyone back from WrestleMania. It's so lovely to have your fans back here and in the building. And he gave the big thing. Uh, I mean, I know you sort of had a bit of an issue with all the baby faces <laughs> and heels, you know, standing together. And like Alexa Bliss was there. And it just felt weird that Alexa Bliss was there. You know what I mean? It's like, we've had a lot of um, uh, mailbag questions in recently. I say a lot. We've had a couple of mailbag questions in recently about kayfabe. And a lot of people saying like, well, the reason why wrestling fans don't enjoy storylines is because no one buys into kayfabe anymore. And that's a wrestling fans problem. But like this WrestleMania show kind of like there was two moments in this where like WWE themselves don't care about kayfabe. What they care about is just putting on a show for your entertainment because they don't make wrestling shows. They make movies. And the movie stars came out onto the stage to drop their characters for a moment and welcome everyone back. Yeah. And, you know, that's nice and sweet. And it was a nice moment. But I, I wouldn't have missed it <laughs> if, if, if it wasn't there. Uh, and, and we'll come on to the other one later on in the show. Just before we get on with the full play-by-play, we'll talk a bit more about the weather. But beer52.com forward slash talk, UK viewers, you can get yourselves a free case of eight craft beers. Go over to beer52.com forward slash talk. It's delicious. We'll be drinking those throughout the stream later, our live reactions for night two. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to the WrestleTalk podcast channel. This is where all of our reviews are going to be, our podcast reviews. And we are very close to, to 44,000. Yeah. Like 20 we, away. Yeah, we are. Yeah. In fact, actually, it's 11 away from hitting 44,000. And when we hit 50,000, we're going to do a marathon stream watching uh, the Attitude Era WrestleManias back to back. So that is 14 through 17. Back to back. It's going to be like a 10, 11 hour stream. Um, not everyone's going to be on it all the time. I will be, though. I'll be there for all 11 hours. So if you like me, then uh, help us get to the 50,000. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, watch, we'll all watch Attitude Era WrestleManias together. But the one thing you absolutely shouldn't do is donate to justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash WrestleJamia. Because if we hit 20,000, I will shave my eyebrows. But that's not going to happen. They're sticking there. So, WrestleMania last night, we had the pre-show. It was pretty rainy. It was wet out there. Yeah, and then we're, like, we're all like, oh, is it going to be okay? Apparently, the wet, the forecast for the exact same time tonight, exactly the same. It's like 50% chance of storms. But there was oh, 50% is it, chance. Has it, it died down it's a got, bit, actually? Because, it looked, because the last yeah, I've okay. seen it's gone down. Yeah, because yesterday it was like a 90% chance for tonight, but I'm glad that it's gone yeah. down a little bit. We may end up being delayed again tonight, but there were reports before the pre-show had even started that fans were being told to like you know evacuate their seats and go into like a safe space because there's a lot of like you know metal bits around, like a giant stage, the like the thing, the big surround over the ring that are essentially lightning conductors. And there were genuine sort of worries and stuff. And so then like the pre-show started and they were just like, oh, it's a bit rainy, isn't it? Yuck, yuck, yuck. But everyone's allowed back in. They Vince McMahon came out on stage. They had the last sing, America the Beautiful. They showed the video package and then they cut to Michael Cole, Samoa Joe and Byron Saxton. And you're seeing fans being ushered away again. And there was this big sinking of like, uh-oh. 
oh dear, we're going to be delayed, aren't we? And then Michael Cole was just like, WrestleMania is currently delayed. Like we're going to, we're postponing until the weather calms down. And then it was 40 minutes before WrestleMania actually got underway. Unprecedented. And like Adam said it on the stream, stunning. This has never happened before. You know, for considering all those open top WrestleManias. Um, and yeah, like, I can't believe it. A year after the pandemic disrupted the first Wrestle WrestleMania 36, now we get this. But like, th there was a genuine concern. There wouldn't be a WrestleMania. Or maybe yeah. we'd get like a couple of matches because they had a hard out time at midnight. So they had an hour leeway. And they ended up using, you know, just shy of 20 minutes of that in the end. Um, but yet what this created, though, was improvisation, spontaneity, where they had to fill for time. And rather than cut back to the pre-show panel of Charlie, Car oh, no, Kayla Braxton, sorry, Caruso, not alert, JBL, Peter Rosenberg, you know, they let the pro wrestlers cut unscripted promos and by God, were they good. Yeah, they were great. So, so good. Because, like, this is this is wrestlers being wrestlers. This shows that the wrestlers understand their characters. They understand their fuse, and they know how to get a match over. And it was so refreshing to, to just see wrestlers go out there and cut promos, not like in a talking smack way where it's like, or like a raw talk, where it's like, well, I think this is canon, but I'm not 100% sure. But like, there were actually canons behind them. So you knew that it was canon. And like, it was genuinely lovely seeing Drew and Bobby mm. cut unscripted promo. Seth Rollins cutting an unscripted promo. Kevin Owens cutting an unscripted promo. It it makes you like it makes you hate the writers even more and hate this uh, this edict in WWE that like, you have got to read every word that we have written down for you no matter how dumb it sounds because man alive they have got some talent there that can talk and one of them is not Shane McMahon who was the first promo that they <laughs> they sent out there get out there son save the day <laughs> yeah i mean that this to me this is this is what the pre-show should be i don't want the yeah. panel I don't want a rubbish throwaway match that means nothing. Give me give me wrestlers cutting promos on each other, nearly getting into fisticuffs with Drew and Bobby. You know, that was like that was impromptu, spontane spontaneous, just fighting and beef. I, I really, really liked it because WWE does not feel organic a lot of the time. And that this really was something. Uh then weirdly it cuts to where the commentary team were. They're not at their desk anymore. It's Michael Cole and Samoa Joe in ponchos, like standing to the side of the ring. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Is WrestleMania doomed? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Adam, after 35 minutes them. people started Adam to come in. Them. Sorry, Adam described them as looking like a couple of nans who are at a bus stop on a rainy day waiting mm. for the number 37. Like it was, oh, it was rough going for a bit. But, it, you know, thankfully it did pass after 35 minutes. Uh, we got our co-hosts to come out and introduce the start of WrestleMania. I forgot it was a thing. It was never brought up again afterwards. I don't know if we'll see them on night two. Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan got booed. Yeah, they did actually they did announce that Hogan would be again co-hosting night two of WrestleMania when they were running down the card later on. So yeah, we will get Titus and Hogan opening up the show again. But crucially, and I love you, wrestling fans. I love you all wrestling fans. You didn't just give them the nostalgia pop that they that WWE wanted you to give. 
you booed Hulk Hogan and you could hear it and it came across on TV and apparently they were toning it down for the TV broadcast in the building. It was like really bad. Wow. Do you know, like WWE must have thought, yeah, but it's the first bit in front of facts. Exactly we, right. could, we could parade the world's most hated family out there and they'll get cheered. Uh, but no, no. Well, Hulk Hogan still got the boo. Even though he was standing next to Titus O'Neil, who was from who was from Tampa, you know, yeah, people were, said, people were I, well into people were well into Titus in all of this. That, absolutely, you know, fair play to people are so yeah. into Titus cutting a promo. The opening match though was an absolute stonker. The first match in front of fans for over a year. I'm so glad it was this one. Drew McIntyre comes out to face Bobby Lashley, and they just had like, a, you know, when it started especially after the rain delay, a few of us were like, oh, I just want to see some big moves. You know, give me give me Lesnar Goldberg, 10 minutes of playing the hits. But no, they tied up, they locked up to start things off and they worked a Drew McIntyre style match, which I love, which is very psychological. It's very methodical. And it, it just set the, the first five, 10 minutes, set up all this wonderful Context for the latter half, it went 18 minutes in total. And shockingly, Bobby won by making Drew pass out in the hurt lock, had it locked in for ages. Yeah, it was. I did not expect Bobby to win this. Like, it, we all felt, you know, and we all got worked here that the whole reason to put the belt onto Bobby was to give Drew his big win at WrestleMania that he didn't get last year. And it all sort of made sense on paper. But like they went with what was hot, which was Bobby Lashley, even though they've done their best to try and cool him off over the last couple of weeks by breaking up the herb business and sticking him with Baron Smeggin Corbin. But like there was no Corbin here. This was just Lashley and MVP. I I will never forgive this company for breaking up the hurt business because actually in retrospect, you didn't need to do it. It but didn't benefit this match at all by splitting up the hurt business. I think Bobby actually would have been in a, like that visual at the end of Bobby raising the title with Cedric and Shelton and MVP behind him would have been a so much cool, a much better visual. But we are where we are. And it is just Bobby Lashley on his own with MVP. But I was so chuffed that he won. So, so thrilled that he won. And the match was worked so well that Drew never hit the Claymore. It was all based around. He got into the hurt lock and he could not escape it. And that was his downfall. I, I loved this match. Loved it so much. It's very rare that I want to see a big main program like this have a rematch immediately on the next big pay-per-view. Because, you know, like the WWE do that a lot. They tire me out with putting the same match on again and again and again. But yeah, the way they worked it, not hitting that Claymore. I, I'm not sure that interference works so much. You know, Drew was going to hit the Claymore and MVP just went, All right, mate. Or like, <laughs> watch out. You know, and, and Drew stopped and looked at him. And that's yeah. what that's when Bobby got in the, you know, the unbreakable hurt lock. It's a bit basic. So I, I was like, yo, Pierce, <laughs> your mom's going out with squeak. <laughs> So I, I feel part of the match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so many cool spots in this. There was one bit where I think Drew botched uh, Future Shock DDT and he styled it out by hitting another one, which landed perfectly. And he's like, okay, he's doing the thing where he, he hits it again just to make up for the, the sort of botched one. But then he picked up Bobby again and hit a third Future Shock DDT. We called it the Three Laddies the Scottish version of the Three Amigos. And I just thought, what, what a, that is just such terrific in the moment on the fly 
adjusting to something going wrong. I, I, I really appreciated that. And I can't wait for Bobby versus Drew too. Yeah. Or three, or three I really. guess. Yeah. Rubber like, match. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I really, really am all for it. I think it's going to be, a, and like you, I'm not, also one for just because we had this about Shane versus Braun and being like, oh man, this reeks of a feud that's just going to get repeated at the next pay-per-view. And I don't want to say it. This is a feud I'm all for being repeated at the next pay-per-view. Really, really down for it. A lot of people saying it should have been the main event. And I know what you mean, but I feel like this is a rare WrestleMania where this opening match was main event. Sort of what, like it felt like a main event. Whoever went there, just because it's the first match in front of fans for over a year. Drew said as much in an interview. Like, he considers this a very privileged spot. And it, it, you almost get two actual genuine main event placings that way. Because I, I really do agree with what they did with Bianca and Banks putting them on last. Uh, unfortunately, they then put on the women's gauntlet match, which was naff. And it's a look... that. Not, it wasn't just the stuff in the ring, which was sloppy and badly booked. You know, the idea of Naomi in her home town or whatever it is, getting rolled up by Billy Kay in a comedy pin to go out first. Yeah. Like, what, the, what the hell are you thinking there? So it's not just the booking. It's not just like Tamina and Natalia won. It's not just all the sloppiness in the ring. It's a, this had no story. No one cares about this. It's just a way to get all the women on the card, get the wrestlers a payday for WrestleMania, and to set up a match for tomorrow night. Yeah, this was this was no good. Really, really quite bad, quite awful, pretty much from start to end as well. And you're right, like part of that is because no one cared. Absolutely no one gave. And um, to be honest, why would you care? Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke have just done nothing but lose to the tag champions. Do you know what Naomi and Lana have done? Nothing but lose to the tag champions and then occasionally beat Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, who will in turn have also occasionally beaten Naomi and Lana. So who cares? Who cares about seeing Natalia and Tamina against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler other than Tamina? Who cares about the Riot Squad in all of this? Because they were they were a team, then they were broken up, then they came back together. Who get and then like so you think, okay, well, the reason you've got Carmella and Billy Kay in there as this, you know, announced at the very last minute is because they're they're going to be the team that goes all the way through. No, they're eliminated second. So why did you save them for that SmackDown shock announcement that we've added a fifth team to this? There was no story into this. There was no substance. It was sloppy as all get out. It was just quite terrible. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're getting Tamina Jax at WrestleMania. I, yeah, I, I was not into this. And I I mean, the, do you know what? I, I enjoyed this match because we kept getting confused between Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Legit, watching the match, getting them mixed up. I felt like JR with the Hardy Boys in 1999. Yeah. I thought, I, I echo everything you said. I, I thought the Riot Squad were really hardly done, like hard done by, because I thought they looked yeah. awesome. I liked the Joker, Harley Quinn cosplay that they were doing. And Natalia and Tamina come out. Natalia throws out Mandy Rose and then forever teases a sharpshooter, then tags in Tamina, who forever gets up and does a splash. I'm like, and, and Liv Morgan? <laughs> like, hey, she's dude. Just, 
it's the veteran way of thinking. You know that this is the finish. So you just take your time to get into those spots because it makes your moves look all the more powerful. It's the Triple H way of thinking. It's the veteran. Tr- Jericho does this a lot as well. The veteran mm. way yeah. of thinking. It was so anticlimactic. I, I lost track. I thought another team was going to come out. It was like, <laughs> oh, they're not the winners, though. Oh, what they are? Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna we're getting Tamina and Natalia versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. No one cares. However, right after that, and that was the only dud on the show because after that we had Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, an absolute beauty of a match. A lot of people say it's their favorite match of the night, and I cannot argue with that. You know, it's 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 between this Banks Belair and Drew Bobby for me. For me, it's Drew Bobby. Um, but yeah, just Cesaro. The the transitions between the moves here what otherworldly yeah uh, your internet is just breaking up so slightly mm-hmm. but we will power through uh yeah i mean let's not beat around the bush here we got tyler black versus claudio castagnoli in a singles match at wrestlemania and they didn't just go out there and they didn't do a wwe match they went out there and did a ring of honor match and it ruled and it loved and you i mean you put it so wonderfully in your review which was like be still my late noughties roh loving hearts because that's what this was this was like a love letter to like like to old roh fans who were just like yeah this is why i got really into pro wrestling when wwe was so bad i had to go and look for alternatives and now they're here on the big stage doing a great match this is cesaro's first singles match at wrestlemania he more than delivered and he got the win and i was so beyond thrilled for him that i hope i hope that this leads to something right i hope that this actually gives him some momentum for something and you know we're not here next year being like it's a it's a shame that cesaro's in the battle royal again well maybe he should ask kofi kingston who's in our next match <laughs> taking the loss yeah fair new point, day versus fair point. New, yeah I, I i i it's on you <laughs> if you yeah. get excited for a cesaro push that's on you man Oh, I know. I, and I've been burned so many times by this, com- this company for a Cesaro push. But for whatever it is, I'm just like, no, but this is the one though, isn't it? This this is the time because it was such a good match with Rollins. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner was teamed with Paul Heyman. Ah, but this this win, this this will be the one that uh, really makes Vince take notice, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, oh no, my internet girl. My internet bad I'll, I'll, again. I'll take over for just a second, but yeah, just to, I'll even... to finish up, just to finish off there, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro, an A plus match. A lot of people saying it's their match of the night. I can't argue with it. I think that was a really, really great match. But this this next match was the one that I was so so excited for because yeah, it's Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods versus AJ Styles and Omos in a match that was going to be so purposely built to protect Omos on the outside and let AJ, Kofi, and Xavier do all of the hard work in ring. Then Omos can just get in and do his big power spots. And they did this to absolute perfection. I I think that they executed this match so wonderfully. Hey, with the exception of my, I think my only criticism about this, and we said this in the, in the live reactions last night, it was weird that the heel AJ Styles was the baby face in peril in this match, while the baby faces, Kofi and Xavier, worked him over like heels. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, 
I don't think I, I don't get why they couldn't just make AJ and Amos baby faces leading up to this. Keep the belts on the hurt business. This is another match where the hurt business was screwed somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I get, you know, at the end of the day, it's about getting over Amos, and they did a fantastic job of it. He looked really cool. Yeah. He's got a real nice way of carrying himself. Like he looks cool. And his facial yeah. expressions and his composure. I'm very excited to see how they book him going forward. Have you spo- have you spoken about the vest? I have not spoken about the vest yet. No, I was going to uh, get to that in a moment. Yeah, so I was concerned early on because, you know, he came out looking like he was wearing the polo neck thing after the, the terrible pink polo neck sweater that he was wearing on the other Raw. And he takes it off and he's just got like a vest version underneath. And usually when people wear the big guys who wear vests, that's because Vince McMahon has told them, well, you, you know, I don't like the look of your stomach. You, you Cover it up. We've seen it with mm. Roman Reigns. We've seen it with Braun mm. Strowman. You know, people are using that. Keith Lee. Keith uh, Lee. Big Damo. Uh, Baron Corbin. Yeah, Damo was another one. Yeah, like uh, Keith, uh, Baron Corbin get being called up. The first thing they do is like, oh, you need to put a T-shirt on him. Or like, you know, in Baron Corbin's case, it was like, we need to put a dress shirt on him so we can cover that up. Because Vince McMahon does not like a tum-tum. He does not like people having a bit of a tummy. You need to have rock-hard abs if you're going to take your T-shirt off. It, there's, it's no secret that like, this is why Roman is now wrestling without a shirt is because he's now got abs. But like previously, mm. and you can go back and watch old shield matches. There's times when he takes bumps and you can see him adjusting down his flak jacket so that his tum tum doesn't come out because if his tum tum comes out, that could be the end of it for him. And like, it was kind of sad for Omos because then you look at him it's like, Oh man, that, that just means that Vince did not like his tummy. And now he's got to wear a shirt and that, but that aside, there was a moment when, um, there was a moment when he got up and he stand up on the, he was on the apron, right? And AJ Styles is in the ring and we are, you know, cynical, jaded, older wrestling fans. We're just like, well, he's only getting the push because he's the big lad. Vince McMahon loves big sweaty men, et cetera, et cetera. He's only there because he's the big tall lad. And then he stands on the apron and Laurie just goes, oh, it's quite cool though, isn't it? He's so tall. Like it's <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it it's is massive. because it's, it's, he is an attraction. He's like, he's like 12 foot tall. And then you paired it with AJ Styles, who's four foot 11. And it's like, yeah, of course it's going to look amazing. And it totally worked. And I was there going like, hey, he's actually quite an imposing figure. I can't wait till he gets in the ring and sees what he does. I, I was, I thought this match was like pretty much perfection. In terms yeah, of and the all the spots, stuff. all the spots they gave him all of the the way the guys sold for him, the, the sort of finishing phenomenal forearm off his shoulders, which Blompier had already fantasy booked. Like, it, it, it was, this was a great way to present him. Um, sorry to be the, the Debbie Downer, but we know where this can go from here. But give it a couple of weeks. Oh, was he bullied? Is, are we going to put that he was bullied in his character? Or is he going to start... I don't know, wearing the more pink 
T-shirts well, when again. The, when he does the big baby face turn, maybe that the next story their line will do is that AJ's bullied him. Like AJ is bullying him, and that's going to be the storyline because that is Vince McMahon's other favorite storyline, isn't it? It's the the misunderstood mm. giant or the intellectual giant, the giant who was vulnerable and bullied. You know, we actually we've literally just had it with Braun. So yeah, it, it's a very high possibility that we get that character with Amos. Actually, but you know what? I'm actually glad that Amos and AJ Styles just worked together. Because there was a mm. pang of worry in me that they were going to have a moment when AJ tags himself in so he can get the pin, sowing the seeds of dissension before this team have even done anything. But no, AJ starts, he hits the big tree slam and AJ points to him and says, now pin him. And Amos just puts the foot onto Kofi Kingston, former WWE champion Kofi Kingston, Kofi mania Kofi Kingston for the one, two, three, the great Carly pin. They are giving him the big, big push here. Uh, after that, we got a WWE 2K22 trailer. It hits different. It might work this time. I mean, it looks the same. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I've, I, I couldn't care less. McMahon versus Braun Strowman, which actually I put in my notes as McMahon versus Shane McMahon. <laughs> you're x7 all over again <laughs> so yeah this was like speaking of things that we weren't particularly interested in shane versus braun is a match that i've hated the build for i've hated shane's character because it's so inconsistent i don't know what is i don't know if shane is scared of braun or he wants to fight him because he does both and he seems to think that's okay he's acting like he's still 20 years old he's nearly 50 he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with wrestlers he can't though, and <laughs> it just looks. His his offense is crap, but he takes crazy bumps, and that at the end of the day is all that he's out there to do: wear sneakers and take bumps. And he did both of those things here. And yeah, so I, I guess if you if your two criteria are wear shoes and take bumps, he did those two things well. That's that could be his new Christian Cage style T-shirt: out wear shoes, take bumps, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was, this wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I thought it had a really innovative spot in there where Shane had won. He climbed out over the top of the cage, but he, you know, he was the cocky, arrogant heel throughout. He reached his arm through the cage and waved at Braun. Braun grabbed the hand. And not only did he do that, he ripped the mesh off the framework of the cage wall and pulled Shane back in. Never seen that. I thought that was not fantastic. Um... But, you know, overall, I'd, I was quite bored throughout this match. I'm not into Shane. Uh, Braun, Braun is what he is now, unfortunately. The Elias Riker interference, it's a steel cage match. Uh, and I did not like the bump that Shane took off the top of the cage. A flip bump from that height. I just, I've already forgotten about it is the thing. I remember the mesh, that the ripping off of the mesh. Yeah, and uh, like that bump is a horrible bump to take. Like that is that is like a Mick Foley level of bump where Foley was like, "Oh, I wish I hadn't taken that bump." You know, the, the interviews that he does, where it's like those sort of bumps took years off my life, yeah. and I, now I'm not walking better because of it. It was not a fun bump to watch. It was actually quite awful. There was no table there to break his fall. He literally just fell. And it looked like it absolutely sucked. And then Braun picked him up and hit a power slam onto that back as well. It's like, oh my God, so leave him alone. The man's already dead. But like, I, you know, I thought the mesh ripping spot was actually quite inventive. I could have done without the Riker Elias stuff because their relationship also sucks and makes no sense. 
but um you know it's it it was what it was i enjoyed it more than the tag team turmoil match mm, yeah and i enjoyed it more than the build would have had me believe uh but there were no titles on the line here but we did have a bit of title news coming out of it because this was the match where Fakador retained his Janvat championship in the predictions war against Randy Andy Datsun. Andy, of course, had won the Women's Royal Rumble back in January, which sets up, I think, the match, the, the, the dream match we were all kind of hoping for. Fakador versus Blompier. Yeah, right. Parts like unknown implodes. And that, that feels like the big time matchup. So yeah, we are getting that tonight on WrestleMania Night 2 Reactions here on the WrestleTalk Podcast channel. It is Laurie Blake, our longest running Jam That Champion, the Predictions King, going up against the man who last year on Night 2 had a flawless card in Adam Blompier, a man who thinks he is going to be the Jam That Champion forever, forever, forever when he wins. But we will see. I'm really looking forward to Blake versus Blompier. I think it's going to be a really, really fun matchup. And actually, like, you know, we were kind of like joking about how, like, oh yeah, I wasn't really into Shane versus Braun. The actual Andy versus Laurie implications of it really put me, like, actually really got me invested in the finish of the match. So thank you, WrestleTalk, for, uh, for making me invested in Shane versus Braun. Uh, just to, to run down the rest of our Wrestle Jamia Night 2 card ahead of the main event of WrestleMania Night 1. Uh, of course, my eyebrows are now also on the line if we hit 20,000 by the end of the night. And second, we are I've going to have... Sorry, I've, I've got a graphic for that. One second. Nice. What's next for, for Ollie Davis at Wrestle Jamia? So yeah, that is tuned in for that. But you, also run down the other one, please. Also, we have... Speaking of what's next, or rather, who's next? Who's going to face the champion coming out of night two at Back Jam or Money in the Jam or whatever it is? We are going to have a championship gauntlet match going on throughout the night where one of these seven people here has the opportunity and a winner stays on match for every match of the show the person who has done the correct prediction by the end becomes the number one contender. Yeah, so it is an elimination gauntlet as you would uh, see in a WWE match. Uh, yeah, and we'll have like they will make their prediction if they are right. Winner stays on rules, and the next person enters. If they get a prediction wrong, they are eliminated, and the person uh, the the next person becomes the predictor. It's really quite simple. Whoever is winning by the end of the night is going to be the number one contender, the jam that champion. So the running down that card, we have Chopper Pete Quinnell, uh, Tempest the wrestler, Louis Dangor, Andy Datsun, former uh, challenger contender, will also be in this along with sp3 from true heel heat muscle man malcolm and stephanie chase from wrestling daily and a mystery entrance Ooh. in the match who could the mystery entrant be i've no idea i don't know what i do know is that the wrestle talk podcast live reaction surprises always deliver so yeah, i can't see it being a dis i can't see it being a disappointment that much i do know I've heard it's Hall of Fame worthy. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, they always are, though, aren't they? But this one, I think this one actually could be legit Hall of Fame worthy. After Miz and Morrison versus Priest and Bunny, which we've already covered, we had the main event of night one. So glad it was. I think it's a very important thing to have happened. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. And a lot of people said this. 
in you know when it started everyone got the same feeling which was huh this feels like the first proper women's main event which is bizarre to think because that three-way with ronda becky and charlotte was a pretty big deal and wwe did not shut up about it and I, i i don't know this felt like the one this felt like the one that wasn't the big pushed one I don't know if that, yeah. that might, I'm not really describing no, this. I, I, I totally get what you mean, but also it's because the the last women's main event that we had at WrestleMania 35 was, it should have been Becky versus Ronda. And I, I think that a lot of, there are some fans that hold some resentments against Charlotte being added into that match. And Charlotte, you know, then got the title and was just, and then it was for both belts and the finish was a bit bobbins. And I, so I think that a lot of people don't, they kind of don't look upon that very fondly. Whereas here, it was just like, no, these two, the build has been absolutely like dreadful at times because they didn't need to be going for the tag belts five times or whatever it was that they eventually did. And they kept pinning Sasha and like Bianca wasn't winning either. And it just felt like they'd lost all of their momentum. But as soon as this bell rung and they stopped crying and they just did a wrestle, it was magic, man. It was like exactly what I wanted it to Mm. be. It was just so, so great. It was like almost bailey banks levels of emotion from takeover brooklyn and i was like so enthralled in this match and bianca's journey i i absolutely loved it it's interesting you see you can i don't think it's anywhere close to bailey banks from brooklyn i think that's genuinely special because what they did there was that they created a story where i was into the characters what happened here was i was very happy for both of them as people and I think but that's what the match that, was good. I thought the story yeah, they told in the match. Oh was yeah, good. yeah, yeah. The match was good, but I, you know, I lacked that that extra layer of emotion that would have come with a proper storyline going into it. And I said at the time, we alluded to it at the start of the show. Before the bell rang, they both looked at each other and um sort of smiled and nodded, like we're doing this, we're really doing this. And you know, Bel Air was was seemingly crying, very touching. Uh, very sweet. It's hard not to be like, oh, wow, this is an important moment. At the same time, though, there is a bit of me going, that's unprofessional. That's like corpsing in a very serious moment of a play. Because I'm here as a viewer wanting to be invested in you two not liking each other. You've got a bit of a blood feud going on. You're fighting for the title. I don't want you to be sort of stepping out of character in that way. I know that makes me a Grinch. I know that. (laughs) Look at me. Uh, I know how that makes me sound, but I just, I, I just save it to laugh. I get it. (laughs) I I I totally get it. And you're like, do you know why like Banks and Bailey worked so well uh, in Brooklyn is because they didn't do it before the match. They had the video package and that they both made their entrances and they were both in that moment, as soon as the bell rung and it was all over, they did like, you know, and at the end of a play, they gave their bows and they did, and they cried and they hugged and the other horsewomen came down and it was a truly emotional moment. And maybe this does make me sound like a Grinch. I sound like an old man. I am an old man yelling at cloud. Like I totally get that. Call me a, a Jim Cornette, if you will. Like, but this is perhaps it's just a bit old school, but like if I'm watching Avengers Endgame and when, Tony, Cap, and Thor walk up to Thanos before like that final battle. And they all just sort of like go, you know, they basically sort of look at each other and go, like, wow, this is really important. 
this is a really big and special moment. It would take you out of it, right? But it doesn't because they don't do that. And you're invested in them as characters going into this fight with Thanos. And in that moment, when they sort of looked at each other and you got heel Sasha Banks being like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy mm. for you. I'm like, no, you're the boss. <laughs> because then the bell rings and she's like, and now I'm the boss. Now I'm just going back yeah, into yeah. character. So it kind of, it's just a bit jarring. However, at the same time, Oh God, what a wonderful moment. Like it's so lovely. Yeah. And, like, I know, the that's it. <laughs> and the genuine emotion on Bianca's face yeah. like nearly like brings a tear to your eyes. Like, oh my God, this is so important. So, and again, it is historic and stuff. So, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm very conflicted on this. And I can see both sides of the arguments, and I agree with both sides of the arguments. Are we saying we can hold two conflicting <laughs> arguments in our head at the same time? We don't have to come down on a side. We can say we feel both ways about a situation. But that's not what the internet is for. I hated this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I thought the match was fantastic. Uh, I, you know, I quickly forgot about that nod breaking character moment, mm -hmm. but I, I would have preferred it would not be there. Uh, and they just had a, Banks was awesome. They had, so we, it was almost like because they never met in NXT. But this, yeah. I feel like this is the match they would have had at a takeover. And yeah. I, I love that that got to be the main event of WrestleMania. It feels like that sort of wrestling, it's not just, you know, obviously it's very important for women. It's very important for African-Americans. But it's also important for the style of wrestling that adults enjoy. <laughs> you know, like this was a smart, psychologically based, really impressive, modern wrestling main event. And you oh, got this, so you know, good. Yeah, like just some of the spots. It was it was mostly based around making Bel Air look incredible, which she did flawlessly. Uh, she didn't get fatigued once, like I feared she would. I was like, well, you, know, <laughs> you kept saying he's like, guys, like, Lesnar slipped on the shooting star. <laughs> remember Lesnar at WrestleMania 19 because he kept in his pamers, then he was too tired at the end of it to do the I shooting star press, and he slipped. And I'm like, Bel Air's a different beast, man. Bel Air, I'm certain, does not know what tired is. Like she just <laughs> keeps going. She's I, I, if you, if it came out later on in life that Bel Air is actually a robot. I'd be like, oh, I, do you know what? This sort of makes sense. A lot of that adds up because she doesn't, mm. like a Terminator, she just does not stop. She is a freak athlete and it's so incredible. Like there's a, the spot that, you know, I think a lot of people will remember from this is Sasha does this dive and we're all there going like, oh God, it's Sasha doing a dive. Let's all be a bit worried for it. Bianca catches her, rolls her over, picks her up above her head and then just goes for a wonder. And then she's just like press slamming above her head, walking up the steps, holds Incredible. her for a moment and then drops her in. And then later on in the match, just picks her up again. And it's just like parading her around the ring in this suplex off the ropes, holding it for a second, doing a couple of squats off the ropes, holding it. It was insane. And she didn't break her sweat. A once in a generation talent is Bianca Belair. It was just marvelous. Yeah, and we got, uh, you know, Sasha was doing some great heel boss work as sort of the undertone to all of that. And in the end, Bianca hit this sick braid uh, ponytail oh. whip, which Sasha showed afterwards, had a long cut, like a proper lashing down her <laughs> yeah. side. Uh, you could really hear it crack. And KOD to win. And just like a, a wonderful, wonderful moment. Uh, the, the crowd just burst. I think, you know, there was so much in that moment. It was that everyone was happy for Bianca as a person. They're also happy for her as a woman, as an African-American, as 
wrestling fans who have not been able to watch wrestling live. This was the end of the first night of night one. It was just such a wonderful bit of our sport that yeah, I, I think has really left was. everyone on a on a big, big high. Yeah, I completely, I, I loved this. I, I could, oh man, I can't say enough good things about the match and the moments and, and everything that came afterwards. And like, there's been, someone posted a video upon uh, after like, you know, the show had gone off the air and stuff. And Montez Ford comes out and like, you know, he runs down to the ring. He slides into the ring so hard. Like he makes Bianca jump because she didn't know uh. that he was there. He said, but he also catches his legs, like his knees on the apron because he slides in so fast because he's so excited to like raise her hands. Chris Bay of Impact retweeted like, he nearly Vinny macked himself like getting yeah. into the ring. But he gets in there and he raises up her hands and the emotion on Montez's face, the emo like it was a genuinely powerful moment. And I'm, mm. I'm beyond thrilled that we got to see it and we all got to watch it together because it was just magical. Overall, I gave this four out of five uh, as a pay-per-view. I would have given it this five out of five. Like I know that the the Braun Shane match did really little for me, but and the the tag match, were, <laughs> the, the tag gauntlet was absolute bobbins, but everything else on this, 100% delivered for me. I loved the opener. I loved Rollins Cesaro. I loved the AJ Omos tag match. I loved the main event. I loved the Bad Bunny tag match so, so much. When this show was on fire, it was the greatest. And it was one of those times where I was thinking about it last night when I was like packing up all of my stuff, where I was like, WWE just put on a wonderful night of wrestling. And then I stopped myself, I was like, well, of course they did. They have the greatest roster of wrestler on the <laughs> planet because they spent the last 10 years signing all of the best wrestlers on the planet. So yeah, they can do these shows all the time. They just often choose not to. And that's really frustrating to be a fan. But like, this is one of those nights where they put something out there for the fans and we all got to enjoy it and love it. And I loved it. Let's see what all you guys thought. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get in your hyper chats. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Sam Mort, been so busy. I rarely get to watch these lives, so not commented for a while. I'm currently watching your reactions from last night. So I'm just popping in to say the WWE title and main event matches were awesome. And I'm torn on which one I preferred. A daylight between them for me. Yeah. Pat Bostis, did anyone notice Bianca Belair? Titan Tron is still EST of NXT? No. Sam Mort again. Love the story in the main event of Sasha constantly going for the hair and that being her downfall. The hair whip was brutal and I love the idea of Belair just bringing that out in big matches. Uh, Sam Mort again. MVP was brilliant as always throughout the match, shouting things like get off your back, etc. With Bobby winning, I like that result. Makes the Hurt Business stuff even more brutal. Also, a WWE title match I actually want to see a rematch for. Yes, totally agree. And Sam Mort again, love you guys. What do you think is the best match of the week so far? Belair Banks, Champa Walter, Lashley Drew, O'Reilly Cole, something else. I'm unsure, man, because O'Reilly Cole was a banging match. And I loved, like I, I was saying on the stream last night, watching Walter make an entrance is the first time, <laughs> where, you know, probably since the pandemic started where I'm like, oh man, I want to go to a wrestling show and I want to watch Walter make an entrance because he is a star. Um, so I don't, I, I still don't know where I stand. I think I won't really know where I am until like end of tonight. What about you? 
Champa Walter, but I loved, I loved Drew Lashley. I loved it. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Really good show last night, and I agree with four out of five. Thanks to the whole Wrestle Talk team for making it a great night all round, and the mods hard work. Looking forward to spending tonight with Wrestle Talk again. Cesaro was amazing, and so over. Please push him now. Jam that jam. Mm, I, I know. I'm bacon. I'm with you, dude. Sam Wall, that show was my favourite wrestling show of the year. I got emotional seeing fans back and seeing how happy the wrestlers were. Mania delivered without any huge shock returns or debuts, just great as advertised. Got a night two. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Got a night two coming. Uh, R.P. Degnan. Okay, show last night. Women's tag match. Shane and Hogan brought it down for me. Going to put money on Flair showing up tonight and putting herself in the Raw title match and winning because woo. Um, we've got some other ideas here. We actually were going through like who we think is going to uh, like, make a return here. Some people think that Brock is going to be there for the Roman match. Some people, yeah, think that Flair might be around. Becky Lynch is trolling people again, saying that she's going to be showing up. Um, uh, Ronda is another one as well. Uh, Tigri Shakir says, a really good celebrity match happened in TNA with D'Angelo uh, Williams. He used to be a running back with for Pittsburgh and Carolina. They, they sure did. Like Actually, TNA have had a bunch of really good celebrity matches. Uh, Chris Dudley, hey guys, love the channel. Luke and Ollie foot, 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 life. Watching yesterday, I couldn't help but shake my head. The fall from evolution to the tag team turmoil last night, so disappointing. The disparity in Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker and this, my word, thoughts? Yeah, but look, you got Anchor Banks in the main event. Yeah. It's right? not, like, it's now yeah. not a div, it's not a div, women's division based discrepancy. Sorry, is my internet conking out again? I'm getting bit, yeah. Carry on. <laughs> I know. I agree. Just to echo what you said, like it's not just like if if one match is bad, then the whole division falls. It is just because you've actually got great, great stuff across the card and bad stuff across the card. Same you've got in the men's division. Uh, Nate S. Ollie is a mustache away from being Doctor Wiley from Mega Man. Um, Gabriel Caruso watched the WrestleMania review. Loved the Thunderdome Thunderdome joke. Ollie, can you keep your hair like this? Maybe add some Road Warrior Hawk makeup to it. Well. Uh, Throat Chop says, how about a stretch goal, Mr. Davis, for Tiny Peen Frame? Keeps his current hairstyle, but dyes it in a nice Pennywise red. <laughs> Great. Uh, Homestar fan says, the eyebrows. Get... Homestar fan says, I know I might get a lot of hate for this, but I'm getting tired of all of these women matches making a big deal about history and just the history. I understand that it's important, but I wish they focused more on the story, like when Kofi won the belt. Uh, I don't think the history was shoved down our throats that much in this. No, no I agree. I, yeah, I actually, I, I would disagree with that, Homestar fan. And lastly, Christopher Marino, as for Bianca's emotions, let's not forget this was her first match on the main roster with a crowd and it was WrestleMania. Christopher, I totally get that. But like Ollie said, it's like corpsing before you do a scene of a big play. Like if you are like, you are the lead of a Broadway show and you're about to do your big scene and you start crying because that means so much to you, a, a critic, a, a theatre critic would look at that and be like, that's, a, that's quite unprofessional, that's a really bad performance because you need to sort of keep that in check and then you can do the emotion afterwards when you're taking your bow. So, I, 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 but as again, I see both sides of the arguments. And actually, Bezo Banks has come in last minute here and said, best Mania event since Mania 31. This was my first Mania event uh, with two former NXT stars. So that's another accomplishment. Sasha at ringside, sitting there smiling as Bianca is celebrating just so much how she cares about elevating the division goes. Yeah, like Bianca, like there's a video of her on the outside, like smiling and just like so happy. That's like perfect. And Zachary T. Robinson again is Mr. WrestleTalk making the surprise return during the Eliminated Gauntlet. 
he is not. It's not him. I can tell you that much. But that well, that's it. all we've got time for. Go over to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk to get your free case of eight craft beers, UK viewers only. We'll be enjoying these delights later on. Oh, just had another one. Tiki's 0082. It was refreshing to have my daughter see women who look like her main eventing. Totally. That's what Love it's it. all about. Mm-hmm. Um, also, other things to promote subscribe to the Wrestle Talk podcast channel. Have we passed 44,000? Oh, I'll, I'll just have a quick refresh. Do, 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 do. My internet's a bit quicker than Davis's. We have 44,000 uh, subscribers and 31, in fact. Um, so we are now just 6,000 away from hitting our 50,000 goal where we're going to do a marathon stream of WrestleMania, uh, Attitude Era WrestleMania's 14 through 17 back, two back like they were meant to be watched. Just had a few more come in. Eamon McDivitt. Uh, Eamon McDivitt, sorry. Hi, guys. From County Donegal in Ireland. First Ultra Chat. Do you think you'll ever go to a WrestleMania as part of WrestleTalk? Yes. One day. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, Nate S. El Fagador has the longest running champion title streak and the board game club title streak. What a run for him. But will one end tonight? You're doing our job for us, Nate S. Uh, Eamon again. Uh, no, oh, man, I've already the said same ones. just repeated. Cool. So we've done Beer 52. We've done the subscribe. Yes. Join us tonight for WrestleMania Night 2 Reactions, where we have got uh, more of the points versus hair, because what's next for Ollie Davis? We have got the WrestleMania Championship Gauntlet match to crown a new number one contender for our next pay-per-view and our main event. It is, no, that's the wrong graphic. Where's the new graphic? It hmm. is Laurie Blake defending the Jam That Championship against Adam Blompier for the top top title in this sport it's a very very packed night also there's some great wrestling on the actual wrestlemania card so like there's also that to tune in for if you want to watch and come join us for a fun old time and whatever the fiend versus randy orton's gonna be dear god let's hope there's no weather delays remember don't go and donate to our wrestle jamia page links in the video description below too otherwise i'll have to shave my eyebrows tonight if we pass twenty thousand pounds I've been Mr. Davis. That's been Lukewarm Luke Owen. Jam that jam. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.